You're listening to Crazy Busy, the podcast for executives, entrepreneurs, and savvy fast trackers who want to start their week sane and end it that way too. Here's your host, growth strategist, executive coach, and millennial leadership mentor, Karen Bellantoni. Does how you start your day set you up for success? Welcome back to Crazy Busy. Today we're going to be talking about how to start your day. This is really the key to setting yourself up for success. Last week I had a Zoom call with a client and in reading her prep work, I noticed one of her accomplishments was I'm hardly ever pulling the laptop and phone back into bed with me anymore. Wow, did I feel bad about that. We'd been working together for about six sessions and trying to get her to feel like the space and the time that she had in the morning were hers. Hers to get ready, prepare for the day, spend time with her pet, take some exercise, and have a healthy breakfast. And the idea that she was still grabbing the laptop and bringing it back to bed with her as she hit the snooze alarm on her phone was so disturbing to me. It made me start to wonder, is this an addiction, being busy? In some form, I think it is. On this episode, we're going to explore what that looks like and why you might want to think of starting your day in a brand new way. And then, of course, I'm going to give you some tools. A million years ago, before email, actually that was probably the mid-90s, you would leave work at a certain time and that evening was yours. Most of us just didn't have people calling us, interrupting us, knocking on our door at home to ask simple questions or even complex questions. We just had an evening to ourselves to regenerate, do some fun things, to become interesting. Most of your employers want their employees to go home, have some time to themselves, become more interesting to have things to talk about with clients and coworkers the next day, not to be a slave to the phone, the notifications, and come back to work drained because they've never turned it off. However, when work becomes a main driver for your feeling good, for your confidence and your self-esteem, it can be just too easy to sacrifice your longer-term well-being for that momentary feeling of somebody needing you and you being important. My first suggestion is that if you're unsure about your company's policy about checking email in the morning or the evening, check in, ask them. I see so many employees assuming they need to be on, responding at all hours when they actually don't. And I've often seen When companies set out an email or state the policy publicly, these same employees still continue to check the email, and by then it's on them. So how do we stop? Going back to my client, when I confronted this situation, she said to me, our CMO was up at 2 a.m. He was emailing me. It felt awkward to see that email at 6 and not respond to it. Why, I answered. It just doesn't make sense. We all need the rest and the disconnection from our work to be able to be objective again. 
if you're dreaming about your job, if you're waking up in the morning with your whole team in bed with you, metaphorically, you're really not disconnecting. You're not resting and you're certainly not gaining the objectivity you need to be a great leader. So the first step to set yourself up for success and what I tell brand new clients when they're trying to change their life, get unstuck or make things different than they've been in the past is to change the way they start their day. The morning is yours. It's your time. If just a small thing like a notification on your phone from your company is a dopamine hit, then we need to replace that with something else that's going to give us that same good feeling getting up, this thing that doesn't bring us into work. For many people, that's meditation. Really the power behind what I tell a new client is that their first job every single morning is to get themselves feeling good. To get ready to face a day where you might need to be on your best game, you need to prepare yourself. Would a performance athlete simply jump into the Olympics without practicing? Without a daily ritual of preparing yourself for your day, you're going to run out of steam. Inconsistency, emotional outbursts, stress levels increasing, cortisol to the belly. These are all the things a morning routine will impede. So this is not only a pillar for your mental and emotional health, but you'll see if you go ahead and Google the morning routines of top executives or the morning routines of successful women or the morning routines of CEOs, everyone that is successful interviewed in these articles start their day in a different way. They put themselves first. Remember what they say on the airplane. Put the mask over your own face before attempting to help others. So how do you get started putting yourself first, especially if this is something you've never done? To be honest, my female clients have a bigger problem with this than my male clients do. Usually women have more morning responsibilities to the family and even when they're single and don't have children, they are a source of support for friends and feel they need to check in with others in the morning. If you want to see what's going on on Facebook before you take care of yourself, you're bringing other people into your day before you've pulled yourself together, before you've fed yourself, before you've nourished yourself body, mind, and spirit. Once you've given that time away, you're never going to get it back. And the guilt, the frustration with yourself starts to creep in. Not a good way to start the day. You're also not going to get the block of time back that you've devoted to feeling good for the day. Initially, I ask clients to get up 30 minutes earlier than they currently do. You can get a lot done in 30 minutes. 20 minutes of stretching, 10 minutes of meditation, or 10 minutes of meditation, 10 minutes of dancing, 10 minutes of breakfast, maybe making uh, a list or a note of how you want to feel that day, but really setting the intention for your day. If you have to leave the house at 7.30 and you're getting up at 6.45, the chances are you're going into your commute with your hormone levels out of balance, your testosterone raised, your fuse 
is a lot shorter than someone who's taking care of themselves in the morning. It's dangerous to get on the road that way, and it's really not much better to get on a subway like we do here in New York City first thing in the morning when you haven't taken care of yourself. Luckily for me, I've organized my life in a way where I have a very short commute. It's actually two and a half blocks. So I have the luxury of getting up early and having three hours to myself every morning. It's very valuable. And it's an invaluable thing for my clients who are really buying my attention, my energy, my insight, and my intuition. So what's a morning routine anyway? Don't worry if you already have one, I think you'll pick up some new ideas here. A morning routine is the time that you take for yourself with intention from the moment you wake up until you have to get started in your commute to work. It's the time where most of us don't skip a shower or a toothbrushing, but we might skip some other important things like exercising or breakfast or meditating. The power of meditation has now been valued even by Western medicine. Hospitals are touting it as a way to lower blood pressure, lose weight, improve your health scores all around. I tell my clients this, if you aren't eliminating the thoughts and the energies and the loops that are running around in your head from the day before, you're bringing them with you into your next day. So as these thought loops and energies start to build up, you're way more likely to get triggered. You're way more likely to not be in the executive function and you're way more likely to lose your temper. So remember, for mental health and emotional health purposes, we want the part of your brain that's built for the fear response, the amygdala, to stay untriggered. This part of your brain really wasn't built for pleasure. It wasn't built for work. It wasn't built for socializing. It wasn't even built for communication. It was built for one thing, to keep you safe. Once you trigger it, you're going out of your executive function where you're able to think, make decisions, and you're going into a state where your body thinks it needs to run for its life. Sending cortisol to your gut, which has a whole host of other problems and challenges. And you're losing your abilities at work specifically to make good decisions, to focus, and to communicate what's important to you. So in your morning routine, the less decisioning that goes on and the more it's a routine, get it, the more automatic it is, the better. I think that when you're driving somewhere that you drive all the time, you notice you don't really need to use a lot of your decisioning and you, you really get that you're kind of in that flow state where you know you get from one place to the other safely. You might even get scared and think, how did I get here? I wasn't even thinking about where I was. I was thinking about something else. And that's because you do that in a routine and you're totally safe. So how can you create a morning routine for yourself that enables you to feed yourself some protein, move your body in some way, whether that's stretching or a spin class is up to you, and to clear your mind with meditation or prayer so that you can really feel good about yourself before you engage with any work activities or any social media applications. 
Remember, if you are feeling addicted to grabbing that phone in the morning and busying yourself with these notifications that suck up your time, you are losing the advantage of preparing yourself for the day. It's literally going to impact your entire day because you got distracted. It may take you a while to reprogram yourself into a morning routine type person, Or maybe you have a morning routine and it's gotten old. Morning routines need to be refreshed regularly. So if you're feeling addicted to your phone and and you want to grab it, remember it may take some time to fall into this new habit. Don't expect to wake up, you know, in a day and have this big change occur where every day you have a good new morning routine. I will tell you about 20% of my clients are able to do that. Most others take repeated efforts to change their habits. You also may need to start small, a really short, simple morning routine that you can build from. You've also got to forgive yourself every day that you grab the phone and look at Facebook and lose your morning routine time. Forgive yourself and move on. Every day is a new day to start fresh. A great tip to jumpstart your new morning routine is to set a date that you're going to get started. So not starting tomorrow, maybe in a few days, in a week, but come up with that day and start telling yourself on this day forward, I'm the kind of person who starts my day with a morning routine. Start to get excited, start to develop it. And I'm going to show you how to do that in a moment. But one of the things I think that's really helpful is when you pick that day at some point before you wake up on the morning of your start date, Make some changes to what you see when you wake up. If you can paint the wall a different color in your room or shift the bed so you see a different perspective when you open your eyes. If you just move a piece of art so the first thing you see is different than when you, what you saw when you woke up the day before, that's cool too. Some people even move rooms. I have clients in New York City who have small studios and even they are able to do something different to make sure that when they open their eyes on their start date, they know, oh wow, I'm in my new life. Everything looks different. Now I'm going to show you how to customize your morning routine so that you have the best chance to set yourself up for success. Most of us like the flexibility. We have a little inner rebel or an inner teenager in us that doesn't want to do anything they have to do. And routines can feel like have to until you start seeing the results of having routines after 40 days. So what I teach clients to do is set up a set of three different goals and that way they can still choose. For my meditation goal, I have a main goal. My main goal is I listen to a 12-minute meditation every morning. Sometimes I have a little more luxury and a little more time and I do a 30-minute meditation that's powerful. It includes breath work and a little bit of yoga. On the days when I just can simply get a minimal check on that list, I will do a two-minute meditation. The two-minute meditation is my minimal goal. By having a minimal goal, a main goal, and a stretch goal, I'm able to simply select, based on the amount of time I have in the morning, which goal I choose for the day. There is no way I don't have two minutes for my meditation. 
So what this creates is the ability to say, check every day, did my meditation, check, did my exercise, check, had my breakfast. The power in choosing eliminates some of the resistance that we naturally have to the routine. The effects of the routine over time keep you in the routine. So after a while, you may not need the flexibility anymore, but it's a great way to get started. This works the same way for exercise. My main goal is to go downstairs to the gym that's actually in my building and spend 20 minutes on the elliptical or the treadmill. Either of those things help me meet my goal, but I noticed that on some days, I kinda don't feel like seeing other people right away. So I have a series of Kundalini Yoga videos on YouTube that are 20 minutes long. And so I have a uh, workaround for the days that I don't feel as friendly and don't wanna see the people in my gym. Typically, I'll work out longer than that, but my goal is only the 20 minutes. On a stretch day, I go to the spin class that's at Union Square, which means I have to get on a subway. It's a little bit more laborious, but those always feel like treats when I get to go do that. And my minimal goal is either to dance in my living room for three minutes to a song I really love, or to do some stretching on the floor. In either case, once again, I can check off that I've moved my body that I've done a little bit of exercise, and that I've connected myself to my body for the day. You can find the same flexibility with breakfast. Maybe two eggs is your main goal, but on a stretch, you spend more time and make a breakfast and a lunch for yourself. Maybe your minimal goal is to keep some hard-boiled eggs in the fridge, and you can take them with you on your commute, or maybe you can make a smoothie the night before. Either way, what's important here, again, is that dopamine hit that shows the consistency we're trying to develop in these habits by giving you the flexibility on time. Additional components to your morning routine can be sitting with a journal and thinking about the way you want to feel at the end of your day. Maybe you printed your calendar out from the night before and you're looking at your three big things for the day, visualizing how you're going to feel when you get those things done. Some people like to listen to something positive every morning as part of their morning routine. I kind of double up on that and do that during my time on the treadmill or the elliptical. Or if I get on the subway to head to the spin class, I might listen to a podcast on the way. Any way you set it up is good, as long as it works for you. So start small and start thinking about what an ideal morning routine would look like for you. How would your confidence soar if you started taking the beginning part of your day and giving it back to yourself? Feeding yourself, caring for yourself, taking care of your body, your mind, and your spirit, and planning to have a killer day is really the best way to make sure that happens. Not having a morning routine means you're leaving your day to chance. And you're hoping that by jumping in and being productive, you're going to feel good at the end of the day. I've seen what happens when people do that. And over time, burnout ensues. They're not even able to take vacations because they're thinking about work and checking notifications from there. So even the break time from work isn't restful. 
today make some decisions about when you're going to start your morning routine, how you can set your morning up for success by incorporating the three M's, movement, meditation, and a meal, and anything else you want to add to that. But start small, give yourself a week, and see if you can stick to the routine. If you can't, just get back on and change some of the goals so that you have smaller goals and can build up your success that way. Remember to set yourself up for success by having a main stretch and minimal goal. Maybe when you get started, you can just start with the minimal and the main, but it's important later to add a stretch goal to challenge yourself. If you can stick to your morning routine for two weeks, I promise you'll see results. Most of my clients see results in that time or less. They start to get feedback on how much calmer and more focused they seem. They even start to feel it themselves. In fact, you may not even notice the benefits of your morning routine until you start skipping a day or two, and then you'll feel the lack of it. Stay focused, stay on it, and let me know how you do with this. Connect with me on LinkedIn and send me an update on what you're doing for your morning routine. Until next week, leave crazy busy behind and become the leader I know you're meant to be. Thanks for listening to the Crazy Busy Podcast with Karen Bellantoni. To help you make a morning routine and stick to it, we've created a little checklist where you can put your minimum, main, and stretch goal for each category and a box to check off each day of the week. There's nothing like seeing your progress down on paper. The link to download is in the show notes. Next time on Crazy Busy, we'll be talking about what to do if you can't say no. See you there.